Well, blessed be the holy name of God forever. We are in the middle of seven blessings of covenant agreement. We are live. It is the time of absolutely miraculous manifestations. They're coming how? Suddenly. They're coming suddenly. This is an anointing, an anointing. The Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Now that's what's here tonight. I already sense it in my belly. I do all day long on Wednesday knowing that I get ready to be with you tonight where your faith is at an all-time high because you've been feeding your faith, haven't you? You've been in the Word. You've been in prayer. You've been in intercession. You've been seeking the face of the Lord. Do you understand that you couldn't do that unless He gave the divine prerogative for you to do that? You know that the prerogative belongs to God. We're going to talk about that tonight if I get there. I never know where we're going to end up. We just begin with hearts prepared, minds open, and believing God to meet you right at the point of your greatest need. What does that mean? The divine prerogative. Folks say, well, I'm going to seek the face of the Lord, or we need to seek the face of the Lord. Preachers need to get back to an understanding that the first thing that has to be created in the heart of the believer is a want to. Just, just type that in right now. Want to. Your struggle is in your want to. Because this is not religion. That's, that's where we take a different track. Right? The great Frost said, two, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I chose the one least traveled by, and that has made all the difference. This is the narrow road. This is the, I'm going to seek after God with my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I'm going to love my brother as myself. So the divine prerogative means that God places the want to. Do you know the easiest prayer? Boy, I am starting off guns blazing tonight. I hope you've got your notepad out. I hope you've got your recording device on. If you don't, we'll rerun this later. The Lord said unto me, the sweet psalmist of Israel said, the Lord said unto me, seek my face. And then the response from that great prophetic psalmist, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. So it takes God placing the want to for you to seek his face. The easiest prayer, get this down and don't ever forget it. The easiest prayer to get answered is the one that God birthed the desire for in your heart to begin with. Now I'm going to teach you right now. So just stay right where you are while it's, while it's coming up in my spirit. Mark eleven twenty two to 24. Let's just walk through it right quick. Have faith in God, for truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say, come on now, unto this mountain, be thou removed, and you have to tell it where to go. This is where believers get to tell stuff where to go and people where to go. <laughs> I'm not down in, but he says to that mountain, be thou removed. Now, here's where you tell it to go. Here's where you tell cancer to go. Here's where you tell arthritis to go. Here's where you tell lack to go. Here's where you tell attack to go. Here's where you tell every tongue that rises up against you in judgment to go. Into the depths of the sea, there to die and to do no harm. So, Mark 11, 22 to 24. You can't just read the Bible, and I'll come back to this later. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. So, have faith in God, not in your faith. Okay, I'm slowing down now. You got me? Have faith in God. 
not faith in your faith. You see, if you're just confessing to try to make something happen, that's not the reason you confess. You confess because you believe in your heart. We have believed in our heart, therefore we speak. You don't speak to believe, you believe and then speak. I'm I'm walking you through it now. Have faith in God, just shout out loud. I'm not gonna have faith in myself. All myself can do is get myself in the mess that God's been trying to get me out of. Because the word tonight is gonna talk you into some stuff that even you have been trying to talk yourself out of. And certainly the adversary of your soul is attempting to talk you out of. Have faith in God, for truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. Notice, he didn't say anything about his mind. When you learn to discern between your mind thoughts and your spirit thoughts, you are on your way to victory. Do you understand this is a serious thing? Do you understand that there are people holding on right now by a thread? Holding on by a thread. And I have a prophetic word for you tonight. You've got a hold of the right thread. All you need is one thread from the hem of his garment because the anointing is tangible and it is therefore transferable. It was in Peter's shadow. It was in Paul's, it was in Paul's handkerchiefs. It was in Stephen's signs and wonders. It was in Elijah's staff. It was in Moses' rod. And it's upon me tonight, the anointing, the anointed one and his anointing. And I speak to you tonight, heart failure, as, as, as in the spirit, I take your hands in my heart, in my, I take your heart in my hands. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak healing to you, every vein, every artery, every capillary, the pulse, the number of beats of your heart, the strength of your heart muscle, the right amount of blood coming into your heart, the right amount of blood coming out of your heart. In Jesus' name, I speak it to you now. There's something beyond the natural taking place across America and around the world right now on these Wednesday nights. It's really a Wednesday night revival. And I just speak revival to you personal revival, family revival, heart revival, spiritual revival, physical revival to you and deliverance coming to your house. Now, I want to get you back to Mark eleven twenty-two to 24. Have faith in God for truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed, be thou what? Cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, his spirit, not his mind. Your mind can be screaming at you. I'll never be healed. I'll never succeed. Well, first of all, you need to renew your mind, but that takes some process in the word of God. But faith doesn't live in your mind. Faith lives in your spirit, way down here on the inward parts of a man. So there can be doubt in your mind but not in your spirit, and you still come through to victory. What's the devil going to do with somebody like you? He's going to be defeated, that's all. Believe in his heart that those things that he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, what things soever you desire, there it is, you desire passionate breathing when you want it like a drowning man wants a breath of air. Then, then, this is not a cursory thing. This isn't a surface thing. When you desire it with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, the things you desire when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, believe 
you receive them and you shall have them. Now watch this. That prayer gets answered every time because it's, watch this, did God or did, is you is or is you isn't my constituency. God said that he would give you, watch me, the desires of your heart. Where are the desires of your heart supposed to come from? A magazine? Television? Oh, I would to God that he would give me my heart's desire. You don't even know what you're asking. You're asking for him to take the divine prerogative, the divine initiative, to place within you the want to, to want to. Your desire that comes from him and is placed in your heart because he forever surrendered his right to act independently in your life in Genesis chapter one, verses 26 and 27. When you're standing around saying, when are you going to do something, God? God looks back at you and says, when are you? He surrendered that right. That's when people try to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they do this. Waiting on God to push in and out on their diaphragm and wiggle their tongue and vibrate their vocal cords for them. God's not an intrusive God. God is a God that comes in when he's invited and when we are yielded. I don't know if you're getting this or not. What I'm trying to tell you is Jesus, uh, Jesus looked at the Father outside the tomb of his four-day dead friend Lazarus. Not a good situation. The Bible said he had already taken on an odor. Think of that. And Jesus walks in there, and before he does anything, he raises his hands to the Father and listen to what he said. Father, I know, I know, with steadfast confidence and assurance, I know. I'm not trying this. I'm not, th this isn't a trial run. I know that you hear me always. How could he know that? Because his works were not his own. He did the works of him that sent him. His words were not his own. He spoke the words that his father gave him. That's the reason when he looked at a lame man and said, get up, he got up. Because the divine desire came from heaven into earth in agreement up out of his belly as the son of man, he would speak, but he's not speaking his words. You see, that's the problem. You're always praying your words. When are you going to pray his words? Listen to my words. Ashton Blair's over there. We, we've been watching one of those little things called those little reels. We, we, there's a little reel of a little girl and she's telling her daddy that, that she's going to give him a knuckle sandwich. And she's just a little tiny thing. She's so cute. And she says, she says, listen to my words. Right? And that's what God's trying to get you to do. He's trying to place within you the desire of your heart so that what things soever you desire came from him. So when you pray them, is he going to say, well, no, I'm not going to answer what I placed in you to ask me? That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Isn't it nuts, the stuff that, you know, Christians, we just get so tied up, you know. We get tied up in ourselves like a pretzel. Just all you need, to get in the Word. Get in the Word. Listen to His words. And when you stand praying, verse 25, forgive. Is there somebody you need to forgive right now? 
Galatians 5, 6 says, faith worketh by love. Mm. Mm. Psalm 2, 7 says, I will declare, I will speak. What? Well, whatever my desire is. No. I will declare, speak the decree law of the Lord. You know, there's nothing outside the jurisdiction of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, back, back in the day, I'm from Eastern Kentucky, you know, and, and I've got some Kentucky friends in here with me tonight. I'm from Eastern Kentucky, and you know where NASCAR came from? It came from the prohibition when they'd load up those jalopies with what we called white lightning, moonshine, and they'd run that shine from county to county and place to place. Now, where I lived, right, in eastern Kentucky, it was dry. What does that mean? No alcohol. Can you imagine a time in, in America where places were dry? You weren't, you weren't lawfully allowed to have alcohol of any kind? But right across the Tug River over in Kermit, West Virginia, that was wet. So you might imagine that that whole riverbank was lined with bars and brothels and the like. And those jalopies would scream up and down and try to make it across that bridge before they got caught. Why? Because when they got across the bridge into Kentucky or vice versa into West Virginia, the other state had no, watch me, jurisdiction. What's jurist? What's a jurist? A judge, right? A jury does what? Decides on the, the innocence or guilt of someone, how? According to the law. So what I'm telling you is jurisdiction, spoken law. I'll declare the decree. I will speak the law of God. And there is nowhere that the adversary can go that is outside of God's jurisdiction through you when it's his word you're speaking. Don't you love it? I'm asking you tonight, do you love it? If you love it, type in, I love it. I love the word of God. It covers me, it protects me, it seals me, it gives me life. It's not, it's not Look Magazine or Reader's Digest. I don't even know if any of those are published anymore. But the fact of the matter is this, a living book. Jesus said, the, boy, I am under the Holy Ghost anointing tonight. Jesus said, the words that I say to you are spirit. They are life. You've got to learn to speak this. You've got to ask God, what is your desire for me? Instead of pounding on heaven all the time, telling God what you think you should have. God will answer your prayers. He gave Israel a king and said, how you like me now? Right? They didn't, they didn't need a king, but they wanted one. That was not God's desire for them. Woo, we're going to get into some stuff. What's our verse for the year? I've given you one scripture for the decade. I began doing it in 2020. And this is 2022. I've been doing it for two years. Surely you know it by now. Psalm 81.10. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. God said, I will fulfill it. Now you'll see the words that you speak. So shall it be. Well, of course it is, because the words you're going to speak are the desire of God from his word revealed by his spirit in you to declare. Of course, he's going to answer your prayer always. Let's dive in a little bit deeper tonight. We are talking, of course, about seven blessings of covenant agreement. Shout covenant agreement. Last Wednesday night, I barely, barely began to scratch the surface of this book. 
and I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Are you ready? Let's go. This is your season, season for a sudden breakthrough. Now, as I shared with you, I got to have the opportunity to preach in San Diego, California a few weeks ago at the campus built by my dear friend for so many years, well over 30 years, we had a great spiritual relationship, the great Morris Sorello. And uh, while I was there, I remembered the reason we named our breakthrough broadcast Breakthrough. And the reason was I heard Brother Sorello teach on the definition of what is a breakthrough. Everybody shout breakthrough. breakthrough. Okay, that's a sudden burst of advanced knowledge, revelation knowledge, which propels you through every line of Satan's defense. Somebody needs to say, you can't touch this devil. Come on, I need you to talk. I said, you can't touch this devil. All right, seven blessings of covenant agreement. I'll run through them very quickly, get them down. Number one, redemption. Galatians 3.13, Christ, the anointed one, his anointing, has, past tense, redeemed. What does that mean? To pay the sacrificial price to return us to the original state of being as Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. You're not listening, redeemed. No wonder the old folks used to say, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His infinite mercy. God's child, forever I am. I don't believe in eternal security. I don't believe God makes anybody go to heaven. I don't believe God makes anybody go to hell. That's what Calvary was about. Free moral agency, your right to choose. God said, I set before you this day, life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose whom you will serve. There it is. You choose. God makes it available to you. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. Do you know what the curse of the law is? Being redeemed from the curse of the law is not license to sin, but rather the power ha, to live above sin. Somebody right now needs to type in, God, give me that power. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us Gentiles through faith. Did you get it? Jesus Christ, we might receive the promise. Eternal life, number two. Etern I was walking through my kitchen the other day. I frequent my kitchen pretty often. I'm, I'm in there a lot. And uh, I was walking through the kitchen and God just whispered up out of my spirit, those two words, eternal life. That's incomprehensible, you understand. You can't understand eternal life because you don't know anything other than your knowledge of the presence of God about eternal life. You don't know anything anything on earth that's ever lived forever. Eternal life. And let me just tell some of you this. I ought to do a series on Wednesday night about heaven. When we get to heaven, my dear brother and sister, we are not going to be like little cherubs with fat bellies sitting playing a harp somewhere and dipping our feet in the River Jordan. That's not heaven. Unborn ages are still at this moment proceeding out of the very being of God. We will rule and we will reign over things the likes of have not entered into the hearts of the minds of men, nor could they. Eternal life. If you're faithful over the small things, I'll make you ruler over much. Get ready. Get ready. You need to go to Israel with me sometime and pick out where you're going to live during the millennium. I've already got mine picked out. 
The third thing that this covenant gives you is that you are washed. The cleansing stream, I see, I see. I plunge and oh, it cleanses me. When I was first born again, I was eight years of age. Sister Gillicuddy on one side and Sister Yeye on the other. One of them shaking me this way, the other pulling me that way. One of them yelling, hold on, the other yelling, let go. I didn't know what to do. But when it was all over, they said, they put a little old microphone on a cord in front of me and they said, how do you feel? I said, I feel like I've had a bath with my mama's lye soap only on the inside. Oh, thank you for the cleansing. Thank you for the cleansing. God is ministering to you right now by the thousands. Thank God for the cleansing of your mind and stop going to people that all they want to do is get you mucking around in your past. Well, I can't go forward until I go and hear about my, you. You are a new creature. When are we going to start believing this stuff? You're a new creature. Yesterday means nothing to you. Has no power over you. Watch this. Does Satan have any power over your yesterday? Does he? No. That would be impossible. So let me take it a step further. He has no power over your tomorrow any more than he does over your yesterday. So stop living in your yesterday and move into your future. Blessed be the holy name of God. It's bright. It's shining. God's on his throne. Jesus is resurrected from the dead. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives personally present on the inside of you. Hallelujah. You remember what I told you at the beginning of this little session tonight that God, you need to pray for God to give you the want to? The want to. Why don't you read the word? Go ahead with your list of excuses. Somebody borrowed your lawnmower so you couldn't get in the word. It's sunny today. The sun came up this morning. I couldn't possibly get in the Word. You know why you don't get in the Word? You don't have any want to. Are you young people getting anything? Yes, sir. You don't have to want. You don't have the want to. I, when I was your age, I was exactly the opposite of that. I got to the point where I was so obsessed Blake, obsessed with God's word. I couldn't stay out of it. I, I've, I've worn out 20 Bibles. I, I, it, nobody had to try to convince me. I didn't have to have a reading log. I was in love with this book because I found out in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten Son of God. I found out this was alive. And I found out if I'd be in it, I'd get alive. I've got more energy than 15, 20 year olds. And I'm 65 years old. Hallelujah. But I, I, it, it worked exactly the opposite. The reason I'm looking over there is because those students are sitting over there just like you're sitting right there. So I don't want anybody to be left out, you understand. Okay, so I remember uh, 1979, 1979, back when Jesus just started growing a beard. And, and and, and, uh, whew. and I was so in love with God's word. So, so just incessantly in love with God's word that often I would, I would not go to bed at all. Just, just be in the word, you see. I, I didn't get 
what I've learned listening to somebody's CDs. That's, that's not, or being on the internet all night or talking to my girlfriend on Instagram or some such thing. I don't know. Anyway, it got to the point where I was actually bringing my own health into jeopardy because I was so in love with the work. Now, let me give you another clue. I was also being condemned. This is when God taught me what I've so often taught. You don't know the difference between condemnation and conviction. I, I felt as though I was being convicted. You can't go to bed yet. There's more to read. There's more to learn. So that I, I would feel almost guilty at three o'clock in the morning when my eyes about to fall out of my skull and I'd l lay my Bible down. And often I'd have to get back up, turn the lights on and go right back at it. Because I, I was the, the enemy, I was young, you know, the, in 1979, 57, 67, 77, I was 22 years old and so in love with the word. But I, I, I discovered one night, that's condemnation. That's not conviction. And God is my witness. I got up out of my bed and I raised my Bible up. And I went, no, that's not where you live. You live down here under my feet, devil. And here's what I'm going to do, devil. I'm going to take my Bible and I'm going to lay it beside my bed and I'm going to go to sleep. But that's how in love with the word I was, that I had to make myself not be in it. We could call this tonight, do you have a want to? Yeah. See, because you, 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 you don't do it. And by the way, you do everything you want to do. Oh, that stung. Type ouch. Come on. Type out. You do what you want to do. You just don't have a want to be in the word. You don't have a want to seek his face. You don't have a want to, to worship. Hallelujah. But I pray that after this night, you're going to get baptized in want to. Oh, Father, I believe you right now, led by the spirit of the living God. I declare the decree of the Lord that a want to spirit, a want to witness, not a have to, a want to be in your word, not a have to, a want to pray, to seek your face, to intercede, a desire, a deep desire coming up like a well springing up to everlasting life on the inside of you. Type in, I've got it. Y'all shout, I've got it. I've got, I've got it. it. I've got it. I've got Hallelujah. It. Well, I, I'm not through the first half of what I, of one page, and I've got nine pages for you tonight. Exactly nine pages. You can't stay with me that long because you don't have a want to. Amen. <laughs> Watch me. You know, if you're, at the, if you're at the ball game and it goes into extra innings, you're shouting and cheering. But if church goes over an hour and 15 minutes, you're... <laughs> Number four, through this covenant, you are blameless. Guilty, but blameless. Think about that. You're guilty. Now, see, the problem with the current culture is they just call you blameless when you come out of your mother's womb. No, guilty before God and before his holy angels. An affront to God with every breath you breathe. Guilty. But Calvary makes you blameless. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very peace of God sanctify you, set you apart, holy. Ooh, here's a good one for young people. And I pray God 
your whole spirit and soul, mind, will, and emotions, and body be preserved blameless. Yeah. There's no trying things out, filthy, lying devil. Be preserved blameless. Wow. Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Shout, I want it. I want it. I believe for it. God gives me the want to for it. Amen. Number five, this is so powerful. You, in actuality, become God's property. This is all in this book. Seven, seven covenant blessings. Seven. Why seven? I'll tell you later. Not tonight, though. Number five, you become, say, I'm God's property. I'm God's property. I had the distinct honor, the overwhelming privilege on many occasions to spend personal time with the late, great Dr. Oral Roberts. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that I had that honor. And he would so very often say when he was praying, I think I said it earlier tonight. Devil, take your hands off of God's property. Do you know that, I want you to think about it, I want you to go deeper, that you are God's property. You belong to him, not to yourself not to any other person. You belong to him. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Listen to the power of this. In him you also, after hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and after believing in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to do more than have you speak in tongues. He seals you. When I was growing up, ooh, I'd like to have some now. Now in Ohio, we're getting fresh homegrown tomatoes and fresh homegrown sweet corn and fresh Vidalia onions and we're getting all that good stuff. And uh, I was thinking about how, I, I, I had some last night, I had some green beans, some Kentucky white half runners and I had some fresh sliced tomatoes and I had some corn on the cob and all the good things. And I thought how good that was and how in January or February I'd sure like to have some of that. Well, there's not any around then unless you can it. Now, you, the only thing you know is Campbell's soup comes in a can. That, that's, that's not the kind of can I'm talking about. I'm talking about cur jars, ball jars, and mason jars, okay? Glass jars and we would grow our vegetables, and then we would harvest our vegetables, and then we would prepare and cook our vegetables, and then we would can our vegetables. As a boy, my job, then you'd put the top on, and it has a little round cylinder that sits on the top, and then the part that screws on goes over top of that, leaving a little place in the middle. And you know, when you open something that's been sealed, it'll go, right? It's because it was sealed. It was sealed. Then when it's sealed, what's outside <laughs> can't get in. It's preserved. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, blameless, 
unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit to seal you against doubt, to seal worry out of your life, to seal anxiety and fear and trepidation out of your life, to seal you so that defeat can't get in. My great God in heaven. Verse 14, the Holy Spirit, verse 13, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Now, your spirit's already redeemed, you understand? But your body has not been glorified yet. God said, you are the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. You are God's possession. You don't go where you want to go. You go where He directs you to go. You don't feel how you want to feel. My spiritual grandfather, Smith Wigglesworth, my spiritual father, Dr. Lester Summerall, walked up to Brother Wigglesworth's home and, and said, made the mistake of saying, good morning, Brother Wigglesworth. How are you feeling today? And Smith Wigglesworth said, Smith Wigglesworth never asked Smith Wigglesworth how Smith Wigglesworth feels. Why? He's not his own. He's purchased with a price. He said, this tells me how I feel. This right here. This book that you need to fall in love with because you have a want to. Number six, peace. I pray this at least twice a day. I am anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I make my request known unto God and the very peace of my God. You think God's nervous? Anxious? Worried? Fearful? No. The very peace of my God, which surpasses all understanding and comprehension, keeps, guards, garrisons my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Stop worrying. Mother Parsley, my precious mother, now shouting over the everlasting hills of God's glory to suffer, sigh, cry, die no more. She would tell me very, very often, and she's the only person allowed to call me this, so don't you start typing it in. She'd say, Rodney, worry is an insult to the God you serve. Has he not said it? Shall he not bring it to pass? My peace, he said, give I unto you. Not as the world gives. The world doesn't know anything about peace. And I'm not, I'm, you know, you're not going to find peace in essential oils. It's not where it comes from. And, and I love them, you know. Miss Joni, I don't know how much of that she's got. You know, and, and uh, so I'm not against that. I'm, I'm not against playing, you know, they've got those recordings now of beautiful waterfalls in the background and all that kind of stuff. And, to, and so you get into peace. He's your peace, honey. Yeah. Darling, are you listening to me? He's your peace. You can be at peace. I hear you, Holy Spirit. I've only got one more of these. I'm thinking right now about Pastor Tashenko. He has 400 churches in Ukraine. I'm getting ready to do another live Zoom meeting with him because he wants to put breakthrough on every day all across Ukraine. He wants to do it. And we're already in Ukraine, but 
we'll go twice a day, three times a day, 20 times a day. Pastor Tashenko was live with me just like this. And, and I kept hearing something in the background and, and on the audio and, and things were like quivering like this in the picture. And I finally asked him, I said, I said, Pastor, what, what are those noises? And he said, he, he said, oh, that's just the Russian army. He was sitting in the office of his church. I said, how far away from where you're sitting right now talking to me live is the Russian front? And he said, less than five miles. And he's sitting there as calm as anybody I've ever seen smelling essential oils <laughs> or, or whatever, you know. Now don't send me a letter. I love you. I'll buy some from you. Listen, he's sitting there as calm as he can be. And you're falling apart over what? What, what is it? It's got you so bound up and wrapped up like a pretzel, wringing your hands. Woe is me. Every night in my shower, the Holy Spirit overwhelms me. When I feel the water coming down upon me and I just start worshiping God for that water. Do you know two-thirds of the world doesn't have clean water? And you're, you're complaining because your hot water heater's not getting it hot enough for you? Boy, come on, y'all. So I thank God. I thank God for the towels. I thank God for the sheets on my bed and for my bed. Not because I'm trying to, just because... I'm overwhelmed with the goodness of God. Oh, what a life this is to live. Number seven, you ready? When I say it, you shout it. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. We overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb, by this blood covenant I'm trying to teach you about by the word of our testimony, so testify right now, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and because we don't love our own lives even unto death, we're calm in the midst of the storm. First John chapter four, verse four. You are of God. Regardless how long you've been in the faith, God still calls you little children. You are of God, little children. You have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I like this translation. Greater is he that lives in you than he. Hallelujah. That is against you. I bind I bind every tongue that has risen against you in judgment. I bind every sickness and every disease, every pain and every malady, every malfunction and infirmity, not only in your body, but in the bodies of those people that you love the most. I bind financial adversity from you. I received, our ministry received an, an unimaginable miracle today. And in the name of God's Christ, what gets in the head gets in the body. So have joy right now. Your deliverance has already left heaven. The answer to your prayer, God has already heard and answered your prayer. The moment you heard it, between then, now, and then, when it manifests, there's a hallelujah. 
between now and when it manifests, there's a thank you, Jesus. Between now and when it manifests, there's a shout of victory because you, my dear brother and sister, have the seven blessings of covenant agreement. Every night before I go to bed, I take my phone and I lay my hands on it as a point of contact. And I say, God, every person that has requested prayer from our ministry through the breakthrough broadcast around the world, through our prayer lines, through just being in services and leaving a prayer request, through social media. Oh, how I love to receive your prayer requests on social media. And I say, God, in absolute agreement, I come with every single person who has requested that we pray for them. May your will be done. May your kingdom come to them, spirit, soul, and body, and in all that pertains to life and godliness. I'd type something in right now. <laughs> right now. Pastor, pray for this. Pray for that so that I can come into these seven different forms of covenant agreement with you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.